Center of fun and enchantment at Disneyland Hotel. Such fun that you'll wonder where each day and night went at Disneyland Hotel. Welcome to the Disneyland Hotel here in Anaheim. For those of you who'll be staying here at the Disneyland Hotel, the bellman is here with his electric luggage cart to take you and your bags directly to the main registration desk. Hello and welcome to Off Harbor in Maine. I'm Joel Covey, and on each episode I'm joined by my close friends to reminisce over Disney park history and analyze current theme park happenings, all with a drink in hand. I'm inviting you to join us. Today, I'm joined by Beth. Hello, everyone. And Derek. Hey, guys. And unfortunately, no Matt this week. I know there's a few people that just love Matt. Hear about what grinds his gears on the next episode, but... Today he's having fun. He's in Vegas. That jerk. Nobody be too sad. Yeah. He deserves a day off. He's on vacation. So, but on today on episode twenty-eight with Steakhouse seventy-one recently opening at Contemporary Resort in Walt Disney World, we thought we would do a little history of the now former Steakhouse fifty-five at the Disneyland Hotel, which was once known as Granville Steakhouse. Once you open the book on the Disneyland Hotel history, however. You just have to mention some other things. So we'll look at the former bars and some restaurants from the hotel as well. Plus a few other little random items that we we bring up. But before we get into it, let's go around our virtual tropical and I just to hear what everyone is drinking today. Beth, what do you have? Okay, so today I have the Golden Road Christmas cart because, as you know, once November 1st hits, I'm officially in, like, full Christmas mode. Um, So this is a wheat ale with cherries and spices. I actually feel like Matt had this last Christmas season on air. Um, And he said it was okay, but I actually loved it. I'm opening it right now. Um, It's almost like beer, if beer were... Uh, like mold wine, like Louvine. It's like it's like those flavors in a beer. It's so good, and it's like cool and refreshing. And I'm a big fan, so that's what I'm having today. I'm so jealous. I really have to try that. It is so good. Look, I'm gonna pour it into my glass, and it's like. I love mold wine. It's like and I love. It's beer. got like this like pink, but it's like it's not <laughs> oh, too it's sweet. Yeah, it's got the cherry color, but it's not too sweet. I Joel, I know you're not a huge fan of like sweet beers or anything, but I don't. know. I really like it a lot. So I would love a couple sips and then be like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> that's fine. Like that pumpkin beer. Yeah, <laughs> it was once it, it was, was good. good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a pumpkin beer over at the Hollywood Lounge in California Adventure in Hollywood Land. Uh, what do you know? Do you remember the beer? <sighs> I don't. I do not remember what it was, but it's, but it's, it's not like a cider. Yeah, it's not a cider. It's an it's an actual beer, and it's really good. I I, I guess very heavy. I guess I just like fruit beers. I guess is what we're, I'm learning about myself. It works. Yeah, but it still has a very. It's it still tastes a lot like beer. It's not yeah. super sweet, and the pumpkin was just really good. It was really rich. Yeah, it was. A, it was like a good. It was. It was, a, it was exactly what you'd want on a nice fall day. There you go. Nice, Derek. What do you have? Well, so speaking of Hollywood Lounge, I did go a little heavy this weekend on my libations. Well, good, I'm glad well. you're talking about it. <laughs> Party! <laughs> so, you know, I, I had my fill and I figured, you know, maybe I'll just take it easy this week. Uh, so I just busted out this random bottle of um, sweet, wet, red wine. Oh, sweet, wet wine. <laughs> 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 okay. 
And um, but what were you thinking I was going to say? Oh, it's sweet <laughs> wet. I'm like, oh, this is getting good. <laughs> Oops, you have um, sweet secrets, red wine. It's uh, Italia Roscata Rosa Dolce, and it's actually pretty good. I've had um, a glass so far, and I'm sipping on my oh, second glass. So you're going to have the full bottle tonight? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't do me in like it did this weekend. I'm, I'm good so far. So it's, you we'll said see. Roscata? Yeah, Italia Roscata. Roscato. Uh, so I'm gonna leave. I, I'm gonna leave this out of the podcast. But this is—is is it the big? It's like a black bottle. I'm trying to think of how. To, so you're not gonna believe me when I tell you this. <laughs> I had that, tasted it in Italy at for Cabot Wineries, and they were trying to figure out what are we gonna call it. Did you name it, Joel? Uh, they, asked us, they asked us all to put in a suggestion for the name. I did not call it Riscato. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so weird because I was there when they were like tasting naming it, it and naming it and what? like, look, this so is what surreal. we're doing. And it's like this sweet, sweet red wine. They're trying to build off of the success of like Lambrusco, which is really popular. And they're like, okay, we got to have our own. So they made this one. And. Then they sold it in all the Olive Gardens, but I just, <laughs> just so no one's gonna. I mean, it's so hard to believe, but I swear I was there. And I is this assumed, is this your well, your grandfather was a soap maker story? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Spending too much time with Matchel. Yeah. No, this is this is real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. How about you, Joel? What do you have? Well. I decide I'm a little tired, so I did something with coffee this evening. Mm, wise, wise. <laughs> oh, it has alcohol wise. in it. No, I said wise. It was oh, wise. wise. Yes, very wise. <laughs> yes. So I did. I have an espresso machine, so I did uh, an espresso, espresso. Did that? that. <laughs> <laughs> espresso, espresso. <laughs> yeah, espresso, Nespresso. Uh, and it has. I, I'm sure it's called something, but I, I did it with eggnog. So I, mm-hmm. oh, I steamed, nice. yeah, I steamed the eggnog instead of like creamer and the milk. I just did eggnog because okay. I, I didn't. I felt like something warm, nice and cozy. And I have some rye bourbon in there, or rye whiskey. I didn't uh, have just plain bourbon. So the rye works. It's bullet. Can't go wrong with it. And I have it in my nice little Adventurers Club mug from a few years back that was being sold at Disneyland Ooh, of all places. So weird. Um, yeah. And that's uh, beautiful. Has uh, you know? I love that. Come in a stranger, leave a little stranger, uh, with the kungaloosh on it. So with, and I thought it was very. Uh, holidays are creeping up on us. It's yeah. November. I have my holiday Christmas lights outside. You can see, like they can see it in the video, in our virtual meeting here. Uh, <laughs> Twinkle through the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with that, everybody, cheers. 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 Episode twenty-eight. All right. Can we call your drink the espresso, nespresso, eggnog, presso? <laughs> oh, right. Did you just come down. up with that? Yeah. She wrote that down earlier. Oh, sure. that is good. And here I thought, though, you were going to be, like, lazy with your drink, but you still... You still went fancy. Went, yeah, that was pretty fancy of you. I, I like that. Excellent. Yeah. Nice well, you job. know, I don't use the... With the Nespresso machine comes this, like, little steamer frother thing that we rarely use, right? And so it's like, okay, 
I need to take advantage of it, and I didn't want a cold eggnog drink, so I you frothed it up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Real frothy. Not good. Well, guys, I'm excited to talk about a little Disneyland hotel, you know, uh, and I think Derek. Yeah, let us I mean, know I... about this uh, suggestion. Yeah, I mean, and still, I just wanted to give. Um, well, we all wanted to give a shout out um, and a cheers to our good friend on Twitter. Uh, California Adventure, his handle is at Cool Disneyland. He actually suggested that we go down the path of talking about Steakhouse 55 and some of its history, um, which we thought was actually a really great idea. Um, you know, he shared that he loved the restaurant, has been a couple of times. Very sad that it, um, you know, went away, as did a lot of people, um, and highlighted um, this multi layer chocolate cake that sounds delicious i've never actually been to steakhouse 55 but now i'm jealous i never went just for this cake alone sounds like um it was a highlight for for his time there have you seen the photos of the cake i have it looks huge (laughs) it does look huge i don't think i never i i did not try to count them (laughs) that seemed too much work for me (laughs) So shout out to California Adventure, yes. Thanks, California. Thank you. I feel like we shout him out uh, a lot on this podcast, but he comes up with some great Yeah, you guys interact with us. Shout out. Yeah, and anybody else here, I mean, we love shouting people out and and talking about our discussions, uh, you know, on Twitter and stuff. So feel free to find us. You know, our handles are in the show notes, and we'll talk about it later. But, uh, yeah, we enjoy the interaction with everybody. And before we get into Disneyland Hotel and Steakhouse 55 and everything, I just wanted to add, you know, we I consider since I mean, hey, we have a pretty small uh, listener base, I would say it's it's nothing huge. I'll stay humble. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just wanted to say that I think I, I consider our listeners really our friends because it's since it is a small group of people and if you're sticking through these episodes with us and listening to us just kind of joke around and, and have fun i imagine you would be someone that we would want to be friends with because you probably understand us so I, <laughs> I do feel that way and i really think the best way even though we're not doing as many shows or as consistently as we used to uh we're still coming out with them and i just have to say like it, it, the best way to get you know, the word out about the show, if you really like it, is just sharing it with your friends and letting them know about it. Obviously, the ratings and so forth that everyone talks about is fantastic, but please, it really helps us out. We love it if you share it with your friends, just in person, online, however you feel. Um, that means a lot to us, but... Yeah, and come find us on Twitter, too, because we are all on there constantly talking about Disney. So if you're interested and have fun and, you know, come find us and talk with us about it, too. Yeah. So let's talk Disneyland Hotel. Let's do it. All right. The staff and management of the Disneyland Hotel bids you a warm welcome, and we wish you a fun-filled stay at the happiest place in the world, Disneyland. We hope you'll come back again and again. Derek here does not like the Disneyland Hotel at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is fair. I will give him that. Thank and you. I pro- I'm probably more on your side than any of our friends on your feelings towards Disneyland Hotel. But besides the current state of Disneyland Hotel, because even if you still love it today, it is a shell of its former self. It so is so true. 
nothing like all the stuff it used to. And that's kind of goes in, hand in hand with anything from like that would be open from the 50s and have gone through so many iterations, such as the Disneyland Hotel has. But for those that may not be as familiar with the Disneyland Hotel, it has grown. I mean, it started off as a true motel, two story, you know, different uh, not wings, but small buildings. And then a tower was built. And then they added on to that tower and then they finally built two more towers. Uh, so over time, it's definitely grown a big uh, to, to what it is today. But throughout that time, there's been and I'm not going to be able to name it all. And that's why we're only talking about restaurants and bars. Man, for the rest <laughs> there's of this. too much. <laughs> but I mean, there was miniature golf. There was a like executive course. Mm hmm. You know, they had the helipad, the helicopter services from LAX, truly. Uh, I don't know how that worked, but they did have a true helipad that was four services from uh, the major airports to Disneyland Hotel. That, of course, did not last for that long of a time, but longer than um, one would expect. And then you had all these different restaurants and true shops that were not oper owned or operated by Disney. You know, you leased out the spaces. That was... Re really out there, kind of close to where the monorail station is today, um, all along kind of that, I guess, closer to Earl of Sandwich, right? I, mm -hmm. I would say that's kind of yeah, the area. Like the precursor to downtown yeah, Disney, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was all contained right there mm -hmm. at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, and then within there, I mean, there was a freaking giant marina, right, that I still am sad is gone today. I, I wish they could have. Me too. The, the pool was outside of the center area of where it is now. It was on the outside of the hotel area. And that allowed for a really large courtyard space within the Disneyland Hotel. And that's where the big marina was. And that's where, like, the names originally came from. You had the, the Marina Tower, the Sierra mm -hmm. Tower, and the Bonita Tower, which were later named Magic Dreams Wonder. And then is now the fantasy adventure and frontier towers, <laughs> but uh, it, it all made sense. And it had this really cool, uh, how would you explain like international kind of port, if you mm -hmm. will, with different stores, uh, selling unique items. Yeah. And all then, like, not just all Disney merch, like with the label slapped right. on it, but like, yeah, the, the real unique items. And then you had an arcade kind of out there. You had the second pool that had a freaking beach, Mm -hmm. along with it like i never got experience that in person but as a true sandy beach it was kind of reminiscent of what you would find in disney world of the 90s at those resorts and then you even have fantasy waters right there right off of the marina as well and you could take boats out there in the water and then you had seating along the pavilion space which is still there like patio seating with a marina view like all these things come together to really create a true resort experience and i guess kind of prefacing what we're talking about here today i feel like a lot of this stuff has kind of gone away and kind of because there was no necessity or need for it to be that true quote unquote resort like it was before mm -hmm. because the Disneyland Resort in general offers so much and a lot of that already that it's not necessary to find it at your at your hotel. Right. Per se. I'm not saying I'm okay with it. By the way, I totally left out the waterfalls. Oh, I was section. gonna say yeah. I was gonna say, maybe That's he's just gonna big. save it for later. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> a pretty big part waterfalls. of it. 
I'm sure most of you listening are familiar with the giant waterfalls that were uh, right out there in front of what is now the Frontier Tower. And that whole area had a bunch of waterfalls and you could go down there often closed because when it was it was very slippery and pretty dangerous. Koi? 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 Koi Pond, yeah. Yeah. And uh, very kind of romantic feeling in these loud uh, waterfalls. Thunderous, that, really. Yeah. There. It was <laughs> powerful. Yeah, it was quite unique. And, of course, very sad when they, they left. And I wish they could have saved those. I understand that maybe it wasn't the safest. But what's there now is kind of a waste of space. Yeah, a little lackluster. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it, what a truly unique experience. Those like, where else would you see something quite like that? It was a really unique experience. Those waterfalls. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you go into which is now the Fantasy Tower, um, and is now the, the where the main lobby is located. And you go, when you walk in there, for those that are familiar with Disneyland Hotel, you walk in the, the concierge is to your left, and then to your right is their the big. Disney store in there. Uh, what's it called? Uh, something uh, like Fantasmic. Fantasia. 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 Fantasia shop. Fantasia. Fant- the Fantasia shop. Yeah. <laughs> but you go to the right. That's where the Fantasia shop is. The, just the, the Disney store, if you will, for the hotel. That did not used to exist. And it was just a big open lobby. And it had. And throughout the years, it's gone from terrible, ugly red carpet to... Um, excuse me, that look was amazing. It, oh, I loved it. you remember that? I don't even remember <laughs> no, that. No, I just saw pictures of it. I don't like see it in person. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, that's gone through many different changes over the years. And then they added the store, which I understand why they went to the store there. But you do lose out on this really cool space that was mm-hmm. multi-layered. I think they had live bands that would play in there, too. Uh, kind of a just... I guess built character to that to the hotel. Anyway, moving on to the right, and you could either go outside and go to the right into the pavilion space, or you could go right and go kind of down a hallway of where the convention area is, and that would take you into what is still kind of called the pavilion, uh, even though there's no pavilion restaurant. But upstairs there is where there's you could have a wedding it's still a, a flex space if you will for mm-hmm. an event center and downstairs are uh multiple spaces for restaurants plus even uh below that is uh meeting rooms and other spaces to be, be used for for business anyway on the, on the right hand side as you're going through that pavilion space that was where the entrance sadly was not is to <laughs> steakhouse 55 so I, I want to just kind of what led us to Steakhouse 71, which is now at the Contemporary Resort. In Formerly the Wave. Yes. Formerly yes. The, the arcade. Arcade. And <laughs> think what it was called. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so while it's not said that the new restaurant that has taken over the space that previously occupied the Wave is truly in relation to Steakhouse 55, um, all the way up until the pandemic closures, one can only assume part of the idea really stemmed from this once Disneyland hotel staple. So prior to opening of Disneyland, Walt Disney brokered a deal with his friend Jack Rather to build this hotel. Really, they didn't have the means or the funds to create their own hotel, so he turned to his friend. Jack was a Texas oil millionaire turned film producer who already owned hotels in Las Vegas and Palm Springs and many other things. The hotel would open 
on October 5th, 1955, just months after Disneyland's opening. After many, many iterations, as I was pointing out, an expansion of the hotel, Jack added the Granville Steakhouse in July of 1983 and named it after his wife, who was a child star by the name of Bonita Granville. Hence the name of the Bonita Tower. I just oh, figured that out. I just figured I that out wondering. earlier, honestly, when you were oh, reading. Yes. And I was like, it clicked. I was like, oh, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so she got the hotel name and the restaurant. Oh, he must have loved her. Let's go to Granville's and Bonita's and the Bonita Tower. Right? <laughs> oh, well, Let's go to Cubby's and know, Joel's. Though, really quick that Sierra and Marina were his former wives. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Benita was once nominated for Best Supporting Actress and also played Nancy Drew. Just fun facts about mm. her. So she was a little known. And November 12th, 1984, Jack would actually end up passing away from cancer, unfortunately. And the hotel would later be purchased in 1988 by Disney, just four years after Jack's death. Um, funky. It was kind of a funky purchase if a lot of people go back and forth on what really happened for this purchase to happen. And like, oh, Jack didn't want to sell. Um, the company didn't want to sell it. it. It sounds like his son, who would take over the Jack Rather enterprise, was, will, was willing to sell. However, there's many other things that go along with that company and the holdings. And so in order for Disney to get the namesake back, and keep in mind, Disney could not have another Disney hotel within the area so or anywhere so they own the rights to any disney hotel name so in order for them to add like the disney grand california they would grand california they would need to have this uh purchase from jack rathers so this came with some long beach land as well as the queen mary and we've talked about in the past how this kind of spawned a lot of ideas uh mm -hmm. for different theme parks or third gate second gate uh, over in Long Beach, including those ideas being moved over to Tokyo Disney Sea, and a lot of things that we wish we got here. But that's could you um, imagine if there was a third mm -hmm. gate or a second gate over there? And every day, well, and we'd have to. We, there's no tram service or any service. Well, there over would there. have we'd been. We'd have a to monorail. walk our way. <laughs> no, right now we'd have to walk you our way from Disneyland. Disneyland we walk to Long Beach. Walk the route to Long Beach. <laughs> Gotta get there by noon to park up. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and and of, within that purchase, there's also parts of like the oil business and all that stuff. So what Disney did is they bought everything and then they sold off the, the oil business and some other holdings, I believe. And therefore, they got the rights back to the Disneyland Hotel. So now the first time ever they've been the owner for the Disneyland Hotel. And they still had the Queen Mary and I think some, some land possibly at Long Beach. Um, eventually they would end up selling off the Queen Mary, which, uh, unfortunately is not looking so good. And the city is talking about it may be condemned. And th again, oh, so sad. A story for another time, but it's, it's not looking good for the, for the Queen Mary. I will say though, like hearing this story kind of gives me a little bit of sympathy for Disney because like it, it wasn't that long ago, I guess. Right. I mean, in the context of it, it was still a while ago, but but for them to have not had any sort of control up until the 80s uh, to be able to put their stamp on it, I, I guess I can kind of understand why it's been so difficult to kind of 
um, change things around, so to speak. And if you know me, and I've kind of gotten into trouble for this with some friends of mine, is that I'd, I'd prefer to just rather scrap the whole thing <laughs> and start over <laughs> with a proper resort hotel. Um, but given the history and the context of this, I can kind of see why it was so hard to change. So I'll give Disney that. <laughs> no, I get it. And, you know, up until the end there, I think it things did start to slip. At least quality started to slip. People have seen it. I don't know firsthand. But it sounds like it, it wasn't doing so well towards toward the end there. And so when Disney did take it over, they did do a lot to upgrade and upgrade and make it you know kind of back to the yeah. disney quality and, and standards that people expect however over those years though i mean the heydays that that was the 60s i would say right for disney hotel right it, it lost a lot of its a lot of its heart and its uniqueness it kind of just became a a disneyland hotel, hotel kind of lost a lot of that uniqueness <laughs> yeah absolutely so many years later, Granville's would be renamed as Steakhouse 55 after it was determined that Disney needed to depart from the Granville's namesake. Note there are several other restaurants out there of the same name, and with it no longer being a rather-owned hotel, it didn't really make sense for it to still be called Granville's. And with their current push for like that retro style that they're doing, um, kind of the Steakhouse 55 name I think kind of made sense, even though it's pretty kind of straightforward that there's you know steakhouse 1955 and the park opened <laughs> i i even kind of rolled my eyes when they announced steakhouse 55 as being the new name but now of course i miss it and looking back at it i was totally fine with it being called steakhouse 55 <laughs> uh yeah but so granville's actually opened as i mentioned in 1983 it was july 20th 1983 and I, i'm looking at this old uh, I think from 1985, kind of brochure from uh, for Granville's, and it's like a, a whole page ad, if you will, and it's as, as 80s as you can imagine, with some not so great looking tablecloths on there. The they are lacy. lacy. Yeah. They're <laughs> they fancy. are real lacy. <laughs> There's a lot of wine glasses on the table, though. A single rose in the center of the table. Now that's class. Your yeah. fancy folded napkins. And while the interior didn't change, at least in colors, uh, I don't think it was ever this dim for uh, dinner. But looking at it, it's, it, they really set the mood with some some dim lighting for this photo. Uh, and, it, and it says on here, Granville's, a gourmet's tour of regional American cuisine, reservations suggested, jacket required. Oh, so they had a... A dress code there. That's yeah. how you know it's good. Definitely, the jacket, <laughs> the jacket. was definitely not required towards the <laughs> end. Towards the end? No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be fun just to look at an early 2000s menu. I didn't pull up anything from like the 80s. So pricing is still kind of current, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but just looking at kind of what was originally offered. By the way, I'm looking at this. Those have the child's menu here, and of course, has like a big Mickey and Pluto on it. Kind of, I, I don't think they had a menu out there that was like this per se, probably in the 80s when it was that jacket required look. And <laughs> very sophisticated. I think they kind of lost some of that sophistication. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. But you know, you have things like uh, shrimp cocktail, uh, baked French onion soup, uh, some sh shrimp scampi, and then if you go to the entrees, 
You have your, your, it's your typical steakhouse. You have your ribeye, lamb chops, New York steak, filet mignon, porterhouse. Uh, we're looking at ranging, basically everything was about 27 to $31 here. So not breaking the bank. Unless you're getting uh, a lobster, that's market price, buddy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Who gets that? Been like what? 30 bucks at the time? I've never got something that's market price. If it doesn't fit, <laughs> tell me what the price is on the menu. Forget it. Yeah, that's not Seriously. happening. I do like on the menu how it... I mean, this is kind of ahead of its time because so many restaurants do this now when they ask you, what do you, how do you want it prepared? You say medium and they're like, they're like, that's a pink center. Is that okay? Because <laughs> so many people think medium has no pink, but so it has on there like extra rare, cool red center, rare, warm red center. And so it has like uh, explanation of what each uh, way of cooking it would be. Uh, yes, yeah, so nothing too exciting there. I don't think there's anything unique or special on this menu that I'm looking at. It looks pretty, it looks like a pretty generic, <laughs> it looks like a pretty generic restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, there's but the Granville salad. What is oh. a brochette? Wait, where is it? <laughs> where is it? A shrimp and beef brochette. I feel like in my mind, I'm picturing like, like a crunchy piece of bread. I don't know if that's accurate. Like a puff pastry type of thing? No, no like, like, like bruschetta, you know? It's like, oh, <laughs> Hey, that can make sense. Maybe. I don't know. It's probably just on bread, right? That's, that's what, what I'm thinking. That's what I'm imagining. That's what, that's what I'm picturing. sounds fancier than it probably is. Well, no. brochette is a skewer or spit on oh. which chunks of meat or fish are barbecued, grilled, or roasted. Oh, okay. Oh. So it's, it's like a shish kebab. Yeah. Okay. It's well, precursor nice. to Ohana. <laughs> <laughs> I think that restaurant was already going on. <laughs> that's Okay. <laughs> It's the cursor to <laughs> not break. <laughs> it's the cursor. Uh, so that's that's Granville's, uh, and yeah, it the interior. I mean, what kind of black and white? Some paintings on the wall. Uh, it wasn't that. It's not that it didn't big have inside like a, there. Yeah, it didn't have like a really like big theme. The theme was steakhouse. <laughs> like if that anything, was. All- Hey, if anything compares from Steakhouse 71 and Steakhouse 55, uh, both both do not have windows inside, <laughs> inside the restaurant. Right, yes. Right. Oh, my goodness. And was it a – I mean, it's not a very big place. Right? I've never eaten there, but I remember passing by, and it, it didn't seem like a very large restaurant. Is that no, true? It's, I don't think – I think it's – it's not like, you know, how some Disney restaurants are just like – like if Disney World has huge restaurants, I wouldn't say that's the same for – yeah, I mean it's fair to say this is fine dining, so it's it's only going to be not hand more than a handful, but it's not like a ton of tables that were in there. I would like to say, just throwing it out there, probably about fifteen to twenty tables that were inside of that place, and then of course they had like the larger booths and kind of a private room back there. Uh, they were known for you know pretty large wine selection as well. I think they turned probably a room or something into the the kind of a wine cellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then it turns into Steakhouse 55 on November 27th, 2006. Uh, guests dine on prime steaks, chops, and seafood in an elegant old Hollywood atmosphere. The private oak room can be reserved for parties. Uh, so that's where I was talking about the, the kind of like this extra room back there that I think probably wasn't a private room before. I don't know for sure. But yeah, as you can see, it, it turned into still that black and white nice I, look 
Yeah, I really liked the decor inside of Steakhouse 55. I, I only ate there once. And now looking at the date that it opened, I think I must have eaten there pretty soon after it opened. Um, I had like brunch there. Um, but it had, you know, big blown up like photographs of movie stars, um, you know, big black and white. Of course, like right when you walk in, they have those gorgeous photos of Walt that are like, larger than life mm -hmm. like where he's looking super classy and super dapper like just like you would expect at like if he was to go eat it i mean like he would eat at a fancy steakhouse he just wants his chili beans but you know he was, yeah. look, he was looking like he would look he was going to a fancy steakhouse so and these photos in there look like something where like they were all at like the brown derby or something mm -hmm. in hollywood that's most likely where they were taken and i think there's a couple that were walt disney were, were in them and then other ones, just famous movie stars that were sitting at the dinner table. Yeah, they all look very with their drinks. Yeah, they all look very candid. Like they were, you know, enjoying. They were. I mean, they, I'm sure they were like posed somewhat, but they were, you know, candid photos of them out enjoying themselves at a nice dinner. Yeah. So let's look at a menu from uh, what was it? 2011, June 2011. So we had some added flair i would say to the menu with some of these items like uh the onion the french onion soup was a steakhouse 55 seven onion soup with parmesan crisp you know yeah you a little bit more than french onion soup yeah i didn't know there were seven onions it's just it's all yellow onions but seven of them in one cup got it seven full onions in one cup it's a lot then you have, of course, your wedge, iceberg, lettuce, kind of salad, which wasn't really a thing, I don't think, in the 80s. Uh, vine ripened tomatoes and gorgonzola dressing. Mm, your olive tapenade. Ooh, yeah. delicious. That sounds good, actually. I, I do love olive tapenade. I <laughs> Baby spinach. pecans, the screen, spring greens with candied pecans and raspberry vinaigrette. Yeah, sounds and the good. baby spinach with warm applewood smoked bacon vinaigrette. See, the difference from a 2010-ish uh, menu and a menu from 1988 is warm, applewood, uh, smoked. All the descriptive <laughs> adjectives that are used yeah. to make to make you food enticing instead of just spinach, spinach and, and bacon and bacon bacon vinaigrette. vinaigrette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> make it fancy. Yeah. And then you have your different, uh, looks like, yeah, some different sizes of the meat. You have... For instance, uh, a roasted prime rib at 12 ounce or 16 ounce, $29, $31. Looking at the pricing, it's still very similar to what it was in that early 2000s menu, still ranging from what, like $29 to $36. And then you have your Australian lobster tail mm. at market price. Of course. And look nice. at this. You can add your like toppings to your, your steak. You can get Bernays, peppercorn demi, or blue cheese. For an four more dollars. $4. Yeah, just top it right <laughs> on there. I always have loved it for fine dining restaurants. Usually it's fine dining that does this, where they don't put the dollar sign next to it. It's just the number. It's just, it's just <laughs> a four. Because they, they're, they're like, oh, four blue cheeses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have the prefix menu that was also available for $35. You could get a Caesar salad with olive tapenade. 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 Crouton. Uh, petite New York steak with garlic and herb smashed smashed potatoes or and a seasonal tart a la mode. Uh, nothing too fancy there, but $35, I think, is pretty reasonable Why? considering what prices are like today. 
Why are potatoes, if they're fancy, are smashed? But if it's like, it's like in a diner, you get mashed potatoes. But if you go to a fancy restaurant, they smash them. What's the difference? I feel like mashed potatoes are more creamy, though. And smashed potatoes still have some Perhaps chunks in Perhaps skin the or something. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll accept and that And it was answer. a conversation starter, that's for sure. There you went. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder, like, some of these things have to be really tough to explain to foreigners, right? Like... these little nuances i know every language probably has it and stuff but like these little nuances are like well smashed is different than mashed (laughs) Smashed is chunkier uh i don't have the dessert menu or anything on here so uh oh and i I love the at the end here we will gladly split any entree for a five dollar plate charge so you know they're getting fancy when they're adding a split to bring you an extra plate So that's Steakhouse 55 in Granville's, uh, in in essence. Wow, I can't talk. So that's (laughs) Granville's and Steakhouse 55, basically. I wish you could see Joel's face struggling to get the words out. (laughs) Just struggling in general in life right now. Oh, you got twins. It's fine. You're allowed. The lounge at at Granville's was also a bar that was, it's right outside of the entrance to this restaurant. And uh, originally it was called the Lounge at Granville's. So the Lounge at Granville's was the bar that was right outside of the restaurant. Going up the restaurant to the left, not a huge space, but there was this nice little lounge. And I think lounge is the best way to put it. They had a really small TV at one point. Uh, and it would always close way too early. I've experienced going over there when it was uh, like Trader Sam's is too busy. So, oh, let's go over to the lounge. And it was already closed at like nine o'clock or closing up shop. I'm like, oh, let's, I don't oh, want to be, yeah. I don't want to be that person. Annoying them <laughs> by trying to get a drink right now and they're, they're closing up. So uh, this was actually called the Top Brass Bar for a really long time. And I guess it's remained called the Top Brass Bar bar even as it was granville's and it was later turned into the lounge uh in the mid 2000s it looks like july of 2006 it uh changed the lounge at granville's and it this is when it became a little bit more sophisticated they added uh some nice big drapes and these deep grays and purples i don't know if you guys remember this kind of what I that barely i don't think was. i ever had a drink there no okay. me neither and you, I think you get the full menu. You could definitely get food there. It was a great little spot. Um, so it created this contemporary look. And then it was later known, of course, as the lounge at Steakhouse 55. And they changed to, to Steakhouse 55. Uh, I I always thought it was funny. This little space, because just to the left of it, is Goofy's Kitchen. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> it does get pretty loud in there. You have families and kids yeah, running around. It's not the up. most relaxing lounge that you can <laughs> no. find. It is funny because, especially when they switched to the lounge at Granville's, they put in this giant, really thick drape. But it is ultimately a curtain in the middle of these two spaces. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's what it looked like to me. It worked, especially when you're in this space. So the juxtaposition between the two was pretty funny. Pretty jarring. Uh, Yeah. Well, maybe they'll address that. Whenever something opens back up, that they'll move the lounge over to the other side or right. something. Goofy's reopened, didn't it? I think, uh, I, it think, did. I think so. I think so. Yes, yeah. yes. 
So this brings us just for a little bit to Steakhouse 71. Just let's commemorate Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, which occurred October 1st. And uh, the first reservations were, were available for Steakhouse 71 actually on September 16th. So it opened up a little bit earlier. But of course, the official opening was October 1st. They offer breakfast, lunch, and dinner here. And on DisneyWorld.com, it's stated as Steakhouse 71, which gets its name from the year the resort opened, has a sleek yet comfortable decor with fun design elements from the 70s and hints of our Florida heritage with subtle sightings of the beloved Orange Bird and Citrus Groves. Honestly, that sounds delightful. And, you know, from the pictures, <laughs> I, I personally like the look and feel of it. Of course, I haven't been there. I have been to the Wave. But it is far better than what the wave was. I felt like the wave was pretty sterile. The, and it did bother me without the windows. The wave mm-hmm. was delicious. It had great food. But yes, mm-hmm. it was very much, you felt like you were eating inside a box. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was very much just like four walls and no windows. And With all the restaurants that are at Disney World, that it just, the wave just did not work for me. But now I think, kind of looking at this, and it, it makes sense for a more classy joint. To have like the dimmer lighting, mm-hmm. I think they've they made it not feel as much as like a box. the The new entry hallway, because there's a long hallway to get in there, looks really nice too. So I, I liked what they've done with the, the spot. Well, I was gonna say I think I got to check out more of the reviews. I did pick up on one on YouTube, um, but I think it was like a breakfast slash lunch review. So it seemed kind of bright in there. So mm-hmm. do they dim the lights like just for the evening, or is that? They might, and I'm glad you brought that up because Steakhouse 55 also had breakfast and it was very bright in there in the morning. And I remember uh, kudos to them because it was probably a one of the best values on the property at the time that I went to have breakfast there because you're dining at a really nice restaurant and getting a, a real breakfast. And I remember the pricing being like under $15. I'm like, I could probably spend almost the same amount on some Mickey waffles at Riverbell Terrace <laughs> right now. So I was really happy with that. Um, but I do remember it being very bright and a little bit darker at nighttime when mm. we went to dinner. So I, I don't know if that's the case at Steakhouse 71. I'm just so upset. It seems so ridiculous to not have these two. I, I'm fine with Disney World having a Steakhouse 71. I think it's a really cool way to celebrate your opening year and bring some history over there. But I'm so upset that they closed hours. Like it's, it seems to make so much, like sense, like synergy-wise, to have these bookend steakhouses each celebrating each resort's opening year. That just right. makes no sense. Like why? I feel like it's one of those, like one of those instances of like one hand of the business not talking to the other hand of the business. Sure. And they already yeah. had this plan to open Steakhouse Seventy One, and then this other, <laughs> the other side decided to close, and they never spoke to each other about it. Right. Like I feel that's totally like what happened. I'll, I'll let Josh tomorrow know. Like, look, you <laughs> yeah. gotta Can you just reopen talk to him? <laughs> 55, okay? I, I need some balance <laughs> to both sides. But, you know, especially since it, it's pretty darn obvious that it's a play on the same name, mm-hmm. even though they don't acknowledge it that way. But part of me does really feel like it's going to come back. Like, you can't not have a restaurant in that space and it just seems it would like a no-brainer to call yeah. it that again, right? It would be great if they brought it back and then did... Very much what Florida's doing and incorporate some more of Disneyland's original history into yeah. it as opposed to, I mean, the movie stars were great. Like, that was 
that was a great theme, sure. But to incorporate the the opening year of Disneyland in it a little more, find a way to make that classy, and you know that'd be yeah. that'd be a cool way to celebrate the the park. Yeah, and we did want to shout out the logo. Oh I God, love it! <laughs> Pretty. The, the Steakhouse Seventy One logo is so great with the the seventy one being interwoven into the contemporary like. The building. A-frame design, yeah. oh, and then it you have really it's, good. it's like the seventy-one, but it's like very straight line seven, and then the one just a straight line, kind of italicized, you know, to the side. Yeah, and it, it looks good. It's great. I give them props that a very retro feel to it. It fits the contemporary. Thumbs perfectly. up. Yeah, good <laughs> job. Does. A little extra excerpt from the website, just kind of talking about some of the cocktails. Mm, uh, yeah. Go on. Citrus yeah. groves surrounding the resort when first being built were the inspiration for two refreshing cocktails. The Citrus Grove cocktail, which is Italian bitter, green herbal liquor, citrus juices, some syrup, and orange bitters, mm. evokes the scents of fresh oranges and citrus groves. Oh my God, my husband would hate it. I really no. want it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but citrus. <laughs> All oranges. Sorry, Stephen. And the Steakhouse 71 Vodka Gimlet is vodka, green herbal liqueur, herbal blend, lime juice, simple syrup, and Minute Maid premium lemonade. Ooh, premium. Yeah. Oh, That's know. how you know it's classy. Ooh, yeah, fancy. <laughs> is there a non-premium Minute Maid lemonade? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a fresh herbaceous cocktail inspired by the Florida wetlands. Uh, that doesn't sound great at all. <laughs> I was totally into it. In <laughs> wetlands. No, Give me some swamp drink. <laughs> hey, the wetlands can be nice. It's well, not... do you want to drink it? No. That's no. the difference. My herbaceous wetlands. <laughs> not inspired by the water from the wetlands. But, <laughs> uh, but the smells that it... No, no, I don't... Mm. It doesn't make sense. You're right. <laughs> the lily pad garnish is in honor of Lillian Disney. Oh, that's So that's a nice little add-on there. Uh, so let's take a look at the menu real quick. Why not? So we'll peruse the website uh, for <laughs> DisneyWorld.com. And, you know, if we go to, because uh, they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think I'm going to skip breakfast. We'll just go through, I mean, sorry, skip lunch. Uh, and let's look at breakfast, though, first. And, of course, they have some more. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. They have plant-based oatmeal. I hate it when my oatmeal isn't plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me that sausage oatmeal. <laughs> At me. least they're not calling it steel cut. I try to. I feel like they try to make it fancy by calling it steel cut oatmeal, and it's just dang plain oatmeal. <laughs> I usually do uh, like the bamboo cut is my preferred. <laughs> oh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, right. Uh, so let's talk. Like you have your standards. Uh, you have your the American breakfast. Uh, you have the the Waltz prime rib hash. I don't know what makes it Waltz, but it's seared prime rib, fried potatoes, caramelized onions and peppers topped with a fried egg. That does sound good. I'd eat that. This is where the 2021 hits you in the face. That's $17. Uh, <laughs> Steakhouse 71 feast is eggs Benedict and eggs Benedict, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, a Mickey shaped waffle, bacon, cheddar grits, breakfast potatoes and fresh fruit for $20. That so, is a lot of food though. That Oh yeah, sure. I, I it's justified. I'm just saying we, we've clearly hit the 2021 price. Oh, absolutely. Though. Yeah. 
I'll say their avocado mm-hmm. toast is very cheap compared to what I paid at the um, at the Hearthstone. Sure. I think I $12. paid like seventeen dollars for my avocado toast. Oh man! <laughs> at where? At Hearthstone, or not Hearthstone? At um, Craftsman. Craftsman. Oh. Mm. Got it. And then uh, just looking, I mean, nothing else of note when it comes to breakfast except for the drinks, of course. Uh, they had to throw one in. It is the fiftieth. I'll let it pass. The iridescent. <laughs> Sip of iridescent separation. I'll let it slip. It is their 50th. They can do something corny. That's uh, minute, the Minute Maid Premium Lemonade. Uh, on the website, this one is actually a registered Minute Maid. The other one did not have the registered trademark next to it. Mm, see? <laughs> and fruity strawberry punch served in a souvenir 50th celebration cup with a surprise character and a little bit of magic. Uh, I'm I, what is that plastic character that's on the zipper? I don't know, uh, but that's ten dollars. Real uh, quick, mm-hmm. just a little <laughs> gripe that I have here. But why is the fiftieth iridescent? Like, why is that the theme? Because they just, can't they just take gold. Yeah, they already did gold for Disneyland. They can't do the same thing. Oh gosh! But then, so why is it iridescent? Just because of because they could make a pun out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they could make a pun out of it. I was it, like, okay, sure. wait. I mean, they they make everything iridescent, but it has nothing to do with ears. But whatever. Just, well, just that's anything that has the ear pun in it doesn't have to do with ears. But guess, it's just but that it's just is like, Disney. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Like the Ball Earful Tower. Engineered to- toys, you know. <laughs> engineered. Yeah, engineered. Had the ear on. Yeah, oh, that's it, true. It, it, California. And that was dumb, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By all means, it was dumb, but... Okay. Uh, and so we had wake up calls. Uh, this yeah. is good. The, the bourbon cold brew. Some, that yes. sounds good. Maker's Mark, some Joffrey's coffee cold brew, maple and vanilla bean cream for $13. That sounds Sign really good. Yeah. And I'll take a refillable mimosa since they're refilling it. And I'll take one of those. Yeah, that's for $19. <laughs> How many refills? Is it just one refill? or Because it does not say bottomless, if you'll Ooh. notice. Uh oh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no asterisk, so yeah, they I need to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Up front, I need to know. And then there's the Steakhouse Bloody Mary. So this is Tito's Homemade Vodka, Bloody Mary Mix, and Steakhouse Seasoning. Um, that sounds very boring. I yeah. they could have done more with that. I don't think, it's not a Steakhouse 71 Bloody Mary. It's just yeah, it's a just Steakhouse a st- Bloody Mary. Put a steak on a skewer for me. And- <laughs> <laughs> now we'll talk it. And, and what is nice for those with allergies and, you know, some other, um, you know, they have to look out for what they're eating. It is nice. They have a whole allergy-friendly entree section. Yeah, it's large, too. It looks like it's almost everything, if not more, stuff with just the adjustments made to it. So it, it's pretty impressive. I, I think that's something where, you know, this is really showing – Kind of them going above and beyond. That's not something they needed to do. So it's cool that they added that much on here. So kudos to them on that. Let's check out dinner, shall we? Let's see what they got. <clears throat> Ooh, they got some yummy sounding appetizers. Got a... <gasps> Ooh, they have bacon and eggs. But it's <laughs> maple... No, listen. Maple lacquered pork belly, smoked cheese grits, and a, the perfect egg. For $15. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> What is I this mean, asterisk on here? What, a lot of these things have it. What is it trying to say? I, I think that you can How get it cooked? maybe like 
Maybe, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, or maybe. warning, like, eating raw eggs can... Yeah, yeah if it's can. not fully cooked or whatever. It, got it. it is opens. the raw undercooked thing. Thank you. Got some crab cakes. Here we go. Sea salt dusted potato brioche. Set steakhouse 71 onion rings, hand-breaded with spicy ranch dipping sauce. Plant-based. They, they have a French onion soup, but it's not seven <laughs> onions, unfortunately. Pathetic. <laughs> And then uh, let's go down to entrees, I guess. We have not too much. It's a lot of steaks. Am I missing something here? No, it's just you had steaks. You got your sides. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a separate menu. And then there's more entrees below, but not many But there's only three entrees that are not like steak. Steak, yeah. Yeah. And so you have the vegetable wellington. Yeah, that actually looks really good. Yeah. Uh, Florida Sustainable Fish. And go read Malete? it. <laughs> right, read that French word, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's shrimp, fried potatoes, asparagus, baby carrots, and lemon beret blanc. I, I'm not. I, I'm terrible with French. Chicken chasseur. Chasseur. Oh, this is terrible. Cha- I don't know that word. Chasseur. Chasseur. Sounds right. Chasseur cat. Chasseur cat. <laughs> <laughs> Pan seared airline chicken breast. Airline Parsten- chicken airline. breast. Airline. What does what? that mean? It must be just like the style of cut, right? I God, I hope so. They, they serve it on a, a, a metal dish. dish. <laughs> Here's a dry <laughs> piece of chicken for you. $24, please. Uh, parsnip weird. puree, roasted mushrooms, sauce, shesh. Shesh cat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but they do have their own chocolate cake here. Oh, yes. And Cool Avenger was very bitter about uh this one has whiskey infused chocolate cake that sounds delicious so they even had to one-up us and raspberries i feel like chocolate and raspberries is like such a like late 80s like palette would you say (laughs) early 70s oh you know what perhaps you're right perhaps maybe about 71 perhaps maybe (laughs) and i guess we got to talk about the specialty cocktails right um always the magical beacon cocktail for seventeen dollars is. I was going to say that better comes with a glow cube, but it does. I see that. Uh, of course, <laughs> Empress nineteen oh eight gin, Bowles Blue Curacao, Minute Maid Premium Lemonade. <laughs> dumb premium lemonade thing. <laughs> uh, oh, it's that word that I can't pronounce. Looks like everything, but orgeet or or jot or jeet. I think it's orgeet. Okay. Is it? One, one time one time I found the pronunciation and it immediately went out of my head and I cannot remember. Same. Same. I've looked it up. Yeah. Yes, me too. <laughs> so that's oh. almond that's uh, syrup, if you will. It has lemon in it, uh, hibiscus, grenadine. Ooh. I like the added hibiscus to the grenadine. And a souvenir glow cube, as Beth mentioned. So I see here there's a cocoa bovadier. Mm hmm. I did Boulevard, not know that Boulevardier. Yeah. I did not know that Disney had a Knob Creek bourbon. Oh. It says Knob Creek Disney Single Barrel oh, Reserve. Oh yes, I heard yeah. about that. Really? Well, that sounds delicious. It has Campari, Carpano, and yes. <laughs> I feel just like I should <laughs> have you read more of these. So I don't feel so bad. Carpano Antica Formula Vermouth. There we go. And chocolate bitters. I can say that one. There we go. Is and it a boulevard, boulevardier? Probably. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and the fake. But in Italian. America, we don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just 
Boulevard I don't even D. know what that is. D. Yeah. Uh, look at that Fig Manhattan. It has monkey shoulder blended scotch, contro noir, fig simple syrup, and orange bitters. That's you know what's funny is I, I didn't even notice fig. the pun there until you said it aloud. I'm like, oh, Figman. Figment. Figmanhattan. Got it. Clever. I love anything with fig, and then I love anything with pear, and I see this pear French 75. Oh gosh, why did I bring this one up? Corvoisier? <laughs> Corvoisier. <laughs> I've never seen it spelled out. Don't before. say versus. That's terrible. Versus. No. Oh, it's not. That's a very special cognac. Oh, I. Oh, just like. that one up. It's just. Is it premium? Like the lemonade? It's just standard. Or is it just very special? There you go. Agave syrup, lemon juice, and Prosecco. Those I know. So it's definitely. Boulevardier, because it's Crevassier, right? See? Yeah. Oh, man. These are fun. This is good. Let's just go name, let's go, I know everyone wants to hear it. <laughs> let's read, let's every just read off every single one. Uh, oh, and they have a great beer selection, too. I'm not going to go through all of them, but it's nice to see. Uh, and it's not just like a bunch of IPAs, just some. Thank goodness. Yeah. Although oh, they do have the Cigar City. I was going to say, they've got the grapefruit Hefeweizen. Mm. It's a pretty good menu. I, I am pleased with it. I will probably not be seeking out to go to Steakhouse 71 just because there's so many other options that I would probably just, I will enjoy the ambiance probably more. So mm. not a knock on Steakhouse 71. And anyway, um, I do think it's great what they did. And it's probably smart that they uh, moved on from the wave and added this instead. Plus, especially for the 50th, having something celebrating its past. So I, I thought we would not have enough content to fill up more, like it'd be less than an hour, but uh, we haven't even started talking about the other pieces, <laughs> other restaurants and bars of Disneyland Hotel, but uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. So there's some other bars, obviously, some history for the Disneyland Hotel, some that kind of hold close to our heart. It's probably the Lost Bar. I I really think that that was my first, like, Disney drinking experience. I really didn't go to the Disneyland Hotel when I would come in my youth. Like, my family just never, we never stopped there and explored there. But once I turned 21 and I started kind of going off and exploring on my own, my own vacations, Mm -hmm. that became, like, my first Disneyland drinking area. So, yeah, it definitely holds a a place in my heart. (laughs) Yeah, same here. And it um, it was a weird, surreal feeling because it felt like you're kind of being bad. Like, yeah, turning like 21 at, because at Disneyland. it felt like a dive bar. <laughs> yeah. It, fe- yeah. it felt like a dis like there's not many like bars in Disneyland that feel like a dive bar. Like if you think about Disney World going there, like there's never really a place that feels divey. But the Lost Bar definitely had that sticky floor. <laughs> And it definitely smelled like a dive bar where, like, you could, like, smell all the different drinks that have been spilled throughout the night. Yeah. And this was a cast member hangout, too. It was it was known for a lot of cast members hanging out there after their shifts. Uh, a lot of problems arised there, too. And I've known some people to get in trouble for some antics that went on at the Lost Bar. Uh, was not us. Not me. Clarify. Not, I just want to clarify. Nobody here. Nobody in... 
no. in our group of friends even. But uh, yeah, so the lost part. I mean, if you want to explain it a little bit further, Beth. I mean, yeah, it really was just. It was. It was a, tin a roof. couple of yeah. It was a tin roof and <laughs> and it was very open air, so it would like roll, roll up right, like roll up doors that would just kind of yeah, like, or maybe they could fold in or something like that. But yeah, they, they could close off the sides of the. Yeah, but in most of the times when he went there, it was very open. A lot of times they had live music, um, somebody playing, you know, guitar or a very sm- – it wasn't a very big space, so maybe it was like a small band. Um, and they had, you know, tables or you could go sit up at the bar. They also had tables outside. Um, and it was just – it was a really fun atmosphere, and it really felt like your small local bar is what it felt like. Yeah, and I think this came kind of – it took over the Wharf Bar, which was in the same location, similar structure. Uh, that was a another informal watering hole, like a rustic wharf with uh, country western music for dancing and singing. Uh, I think took on <laughs> took place there, but I think it changed the Lost Bar with the the remodel of the pool area or adding it in there, taking away the marina, putting the Neverland Pool into the center of the Disneyland Hotel. And it made sense because the Lost Boys, it's the mm-hmm. Lost Bar, which is kind of funny. You're talking about these kids, and, <laughs> and a, here's a bar. A bar. <laughs> uh, so obviously, at that time, you know, especially when it first opened, California Adventure wasn't going; it wasn't there. And as we became of age to drink, too, it became yeah, we had some options in California Adventure, but. It wasn't like it is today with kind of sophisticated or, or these nice bars. It was really like this is where the youngins went and those that really enjoyed their dive bars. So mm-hmm. it, it, it was a great spot. And furthermore, I, I just thought it was funny. This area still had some left behind storefronts from the marina. Mm-hmm. So right next to it was the at, at this time they had the the crystal crystal arts. Right, the right, yeah. Store in there where it's third party. They, they. I'm sure you've seen them before, and they make like characters oh. out of glass and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right outside of that were some Jungle Cruise motorized boats. All oh, the motorboats to I drive, so fun. Yeah, and it's some of you. Man, they had some boats that were kind of off the main walkway, off the main lobby, that were kind of within the marina space. Um, and then those moved later. I don't. They probably weren't in the same boats, but eventually there was a space made over here by the Lost Bar. And it, that's, that space was still there when it was the Wharf Bar, too. Um, but that was a great little spot, and I thought it was kind of cool that it was themed to the Jungle Cruise. So at least the boats were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could not beat going and having a couple of, like, really, <laughs> really, really, really sweet but strong drinks at the Lost Bar and then like going for a walk through the through the waterfalls or anything like that. Like <laughs> Yeah. You couldn't beat that. This was before the Artesian Artesian uh cocktails, if you will. Uh, artisan. Artisan. Yes. Artisan? Yes, Does it artisan. Matter? I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I think it's but it was before people really cared about yeah, having some like, like aerating the Oh alcohol yeah. This and, was yeah. like straight up Midori and Gin pineapple, and like <laughs> and sweet looking, and sour. I was looking at mix. the like. I specifically <laughs> remember having um, the last resort, which was just Bacardi, lemon rum, Midori, Chambord, and pineapple juice. Like that is a sweet ass drink. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
And right next door was Crocs Bits and Bites, which was just a quick service, uh, a little window for like your normal kind of poolside fare, right? I think it had mostly like chicken strips, maybe the hamburger and that type of stuff. Um, That was right next door. That actually uh, previously was known as Maxie's Pantry. I don't know why it was called Maxie's. I tried to Google that. I could not find a damn thing about that place. Where did you find that, Joel? Uh, Yeah, I don't know where I found it. I just saw some (laughs) stuff. (laughs) It was clearly in that space. Right next door to the the Lost Bar is or was hooks point which was a uh i mean typical american food restaurant i would say uh, i i don't did any of you guys dine there i don't think i ever did i don't no. remember it if i did it was <laughs> if i did it did not hold my interest it, it had some great artwork in there uh, a lot of hand carved woods at least i believe i mean it was a long time ago and i i think i only ate there once but it, it was totally fine. I, I had no issue with it. Uh, before that, I believe that was called the Shipyard Inn, which made sense for when it was the marina out there. As you can see, the theme that happened when it became the Neverland Pool out there, that you can understand why it became... I mean, you can understand the theming. Everything's going on around Peter Pan. They had, so they had it, a real theme going there. It, it only lasts... I feel like it only lasted for such a short time, that pool... Like, I feel it was like I, it was only there for like a, a ten years, maybe. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know the remodel. opening date of that pool. It well, had it been was, early two thousands, right? It was early two thousands, yeah. Yeah, and underneath Hooks Point, and this is something I'm very upset that I never went to. I only walked in when I knew it was closing. Was the wine cellar? Did you ever go there? No, I never did, and I am also upset about it. Did you ever see it though? I, no, I never went. I, I never went inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw this the is, outside. This is one of those things. Like I remember vividly being at lost bar and knowing that existed and had no interest at that time well, at that time i'm like wine yeah yeah my majority <laughs> yeah. but looking back because it was a really small room underneath i think you even had to kind of walk down maybe to get in there but it was underneath the restaurant and it had a really cool wooden door with a little square window uh to to view inside and inside was very quaint and Kind of what oh. you expect from a wine cellar. Can you imagine? Just, it would be so popular now. Oh, you wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was smaller than what Trader Sam's is today. Yeah. So. It, it would be Magic Keys only. <laughs> That'd be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously the area went through some different iterations, and there's been just a, a different mix of restaurants and bars within that area. Really a cool space, and obviously, I mean, not obviously, after Hook's Point, it turned into Trader Sam's. They essentially kept the bones of that building, I feel like, and adjusted it to become Trader Sam's Tiki Bar, and then the other side is the Tangaroa Terrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, I think most people listening are familiar with this space. Uh, it is, I, I love it. I just wish the interior, of course, was bigger for Trader Sam's. Yeah. And now that it's so popular, the seating area, the patio space has extended out to where Tangaroa Terrace is, where before it was only right in front of Trader Sam's for Trader Sam's. Now really the whole area can change throughout the day as more people come in. It can be Tangaroa Terrace seating, and then they can move kind of this red rope 
to kind of include more area to be part of Tang- or part of Trader Sam's. And now they have an outdoor bar set up too, so they can get drinks from a separate and space outside. They've really extended um, the seating also, well, at least uh, pre-pandemic, all the way out to like the fireplace area where they actually, you know, sometimes you'd sit out there before and it was kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But um, but last time that I was there, it was like very, they had someone like stationed there to take care of that specific area, like where they had a dedicated person who was, that was their spot. Nice. Yes. And so I, I want to get to like the restaurants and the areas that were on that kind of the, what you, the mall space, if you will, outside of the towers. But first, I did want to just mention, before Goofy's Kitchen area, there was the Cafe Via Verde restaurant, mm-hmm. also known as the Via Verde Restaurante in different areas. Uh, but So that's where Goofy's Kitchen is now. Obviously, you can see a much different feel that would have been there at that time. When the, the, this pavilion opened, it was kind of an extension to the convention center, I felt like it was a, a bigger theme going on here that complemented the marina and the surrounding area. So downstairs, you know, this is an Italian restaurant, but you had like this patio space that really, it's completely gone now. It's just walkways, a small little planter. But this was a giant patio, and this patio even extended around the corner, which is now what I call no man's land. Uh, The arches are still there and stuff, but now it's just like this little small walkway that really just goes to backstage. No one goes over there because there's no... There's no reason to be over there. There's nothing there. You have a staircase that leads up to the second story of this space. It's kind of this octagon uh, designed, uh, not facade, but the front of the building. Um, And up there was the pavilion lounge. So there was uh, uh, cocktails and uh, I believe some live entertainment and some other stuff that occurred up there. Uh, Kind of cool. Some bamboo style kind of framing for this bar that was up there that I never got to experience in, in person. But now this staircase leads to nothing. No one's ever going to be using it. And that whole space is just like this, this dead space. It's just crazy looking at some of these old photos and look, I'm like, look at this happening spot, like all this stuff here and how um, it just worked so well. And now it's, it's really nothing. It's just like pavement, some walkway, mm-hmm. Goofy's well- kitchen. I found this um, this photo. Well, it was like I'm sure it was like something that was actually posted at the hotel for Cafe Via Verde, and it's like <laughs> it's it's for Sunday brunch. So apparently they had a Sunday champagne brunch, and it says Sunday champagne brunch on the marina, hot entrees, cold buffets, bubbling champagne. And it has this like <laughs> two tier table like covered in cheeses and different cold buffet items, and then these two. Like, I think they're swans. I don't know, but they're these two big, huge ice sculptures in the middle of the table. Very fancy. Very oh, fancy. I wonder. I would have been this spot. Like, did they have these ice sculptures every Sunday for brunch? I'm sure they did. Like, I, I, I believe love it. it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have done it just for the photo, but I, I could see them doing it. The weird thing is, is that it's very dark. In the background, like it looks like it's nighttime, so it does kind of look like a funeral feel. <laughs> I don't know why it's a little depressing, but is it a black and white photo? No, it's not. Okay. Let me see if I can. I mean, see if I can post. This it. sucks. A lot of the stuff is like there's these great clear photos that are really from like the 80s and early 90s, but you, it's clear that it's for like print, and it like went into like 
newspapers or something or like a brochure and they're just black and white. I'm like, oh, I wanted to see this. I want to see what it looks like. I put it at the very bottom of the show notes or of our of our steakhouse notes. The very bottom. You could take a look. I got to go look. Oh, yeah. It kind of matches the Granville's. Mm -hmm. uh, So, yeah, I'm assuming that those were like advertisements that were at the hotel for for the restaurants. But. Yeah, that's pretty impressive spread. That's a, uh, this is a true brunch that we're looking at <laughs> yes. here at Cafe Via Verde, um, which is funny because it's like it, it's Cafe Via Verde or is it like this nice restaurante? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really know where it wants to be, I feel like. Or maybe it's cafe in the morning and I don't know. Via Verde at night. <laughs> <laughs> Going back then, I guess, just I mean, that really covers the area within the marina space, I would say. Uh Oh, let's not forget about Stromboli's Ristorante. Why? <laughs> this is Why like that is it creeping named into... after a villain? <laughs> it's like a villain. And then you look at the menu and he looks so jolly and happy. No, he's a villain. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, he's trying to trick you. you know, of course he looks jolly and holly. Jolly and holly. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the Christmas spirit, Joel. I can yes, sense I it. <laughs> yeah. He was an entertainer, though, so we got to give him that. That's sure. true, but he yeah. just looks so happy and jolly, like, oh, come in, let old Stromboli take care of you. <laughs> That's my <laughs> terrible Italian accent. <laughs> so you can see this was like their slow attempt to really introducing the Disney into the Disneyland Hotel, uh, you know, with all the other stuff not being character-based. And then you go from the Via Verde to Stromboli's, and then you went, you know, like the, the Wharf Bar into the Lost Bar, all these other things that really took on this character presence. Then Stromboli's would end up closing in 1999, um, making way for good old Goofy's Kitchen, where you can get a meal Peanut for your kid. Peanut butter and jelly pizza. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's go back out to the kind of the monorail area and the shops that are outside, uh, just outside of the Disneyland Hotel. I want to get to Neon Cactus, but it had a predecessor. It did. The, the name alone is everything. <laughs> Beth. It was Sergeant Preston's Yukon Saloon. Okay. Now, as I said. And Dancehall. And Dancehall. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and Dancehall. Okay. So, as I said, I never I never went to the hotel before the early 2000s. I just, we just never went there. So, this was never even a thing on my radar. Mm-hmm. But, so I was, I was like, what is this place? Okay. First of all. This was named after a TV show that was called, well, first, originally it was a radio show, but then in 1955, there was a TV show called Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, produced by none other than Jack Rather. Mm -hmm. Whoa. It aired from 1955 to 1958. So this is how Disney described it. This was on on their stuff at the hotel. A boisterous, fun-filled bar reminiscent of the Klondike Gold Rush days of 1898. Frantic antics, outrageous drinks, honky-tonk piano, fiddle-picking, singing, and dancing, and impromptu performances by Utah characters. So then I was, I was like, I must know more about this place. Uh, this is now my whole identity is mm-hmm. Sergeant Preston. Sergeant Preston. <laughs> yes. yeah. So then I found this article in the LA Times that was written in 1991 by uh, Frank Messina, and it was called The Goofiest Bar on Earth. 
And so in this article, Frank takes a date to Disneyland Hotel to try to impress her um, with his knowledge of bars. He'd never been to this bar before. He wanted like a, you know, a quiet drink, a little piano, a little jazzy piano, a little crushed cushion seat so he could, you know, have his fancy date. And <laughs> so he took her to here to Sergeant Preston's and as what he said, we found was some serious dementia Disney style is how he, <laughs> he described it. <laughs> Um, so basically, um, they had a seven, uh, they had a, a person in a bear costume. There was a, a bear costume that was there. There was a Mountie named Sergeant Preston. Uh, there was, it was a whole dang show. There was showgirls. Um, and it honestly looks amazing and something that the Disneyland hotels are missing. You know, you can find this kind of stuff at Disney World. Like they have jelly rolls and they have these things that have like productions to them, mm-hmm. um, Yeehaw Bob or Hoop Dee Doo Review. All these things that have this like production, and that's basically what this was at a bar. They had like a whole show. Um, they had um, like this whole thing. I actually went and found a video of it on YouTube. They had a whole Christmas special during Christmas time. You found a video? You didn't yeah. share it with me. I wanted to keep it a surprise. I'll share. Oh, it. I'll share I gotta it see this. Um, and. Yeah, it they would like have um they would have like audience participation. They'd bring people up from the audience and have them participate in the show. And it just sounds amazing. And in fact, one of the drinks they had was called the Can Can. And it says a blend of strawberries and amaretto encircled by a souvenir garter for five seventy five. <laughs> and I have yes. never wanted to go to a place more in my life. I would if this existed. I would go there every weekend. This place sounds You know what? Incredible. What the fuck, Disney? <laughs> right? Get, like- get this stuff back. No, and see, this is this is my issue with some of the new not placemaking, but changes to really Disneyfying a lot of the bar experiences and stuff. You can still have a Disney experience with quality, but having it be so clean sometimes mm-hmm. where you know, this is where I think uh, Pleasure Island really thrived and some other things where you kind of feel like you've left the Disney bubble in a sense to having stuff really more quote unquote adult oriented more so than just having a bar that's really well themed to stuff that kind of relates to what's in the Disney parks. You have something like this. A little that more seems... organic. Fun. Like I feel like it's a little more organic. Like yes. Audience participation, you're not going to get the same thing every time. I mean, the act might be the same, but how people interact and react to things is not always going to be the same. Right. I found oh. the video. Did you find it? And it's incredible. Yeah, uh, the can-can dancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wow, Like this is a full-on production. It was a whole show. They had a bear cost. Uh, it, amazing. I will send you the link, Joel, because you will need to watch this. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, what, I was, what I was doing my research, I found... Another place called Sergeant Preston's. It's called Sergeant Preston's of the North. I cannot tell if it is a like sister bar, but it's in Lafayette, Indiana. And I'm just going to read you this paragraph from their website. It's still Sar- open. 
Yes, it's still open. It's called Sergeant Preston's of the North was the gregarious brother of the famous 1938 radio television series, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, a Royal Canadian Mountie and his lead sled dog, Yukon King. A legend says that Sergeant Preston of the North was more into having a good time and looking for adventure than he was tracking down evildoers. This bar opened in 1980. I cannot tell if it, like, there was no information if it was, but it says it's based off of the TV show, right? So I feel like it's his sister. <laughs> like, but what are you guys like, doing next week? I know. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Indiana. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, w- I really went down a big rabbit hole with this, and I, like, every turn led me to more delights and more surprises. I don't want to go too much on a tangent, <laughs> but I, I, this is what just – it always dumbfounds me that we can still find stuff like this that we really don't know anything about. Right, yeah. And I know there's – I'm sure you know some people that have been around a little longer, went to Disneyland Hotel more than we did when uh, this was around, of course, that know all about this. But no one talks about this stuff. No. I, I'm surprised I don't see more because it's just so unique and different. Uh, there's not enough. Uh, of this type of stuff out there. Yeah, so. and this is something that I really, I really miss about the Disneyland resort and why I feel like right now they cannot be a true resort because they don't have these types of experiences. Right. The next um, layer. They need to, right, yeah. That's the next thing vacation. that they, they need to bring that back to it. If they want it to be a resort destination, I feel like, because sometimes you just need a little, something a little bit different, you know? Yeah. So I obviously like- go ahead. Well, I was just going to add that, you know, I feel like this could really be um, a hit if they were to bring it back because it, it plays on the nostalgia, but it's it's not as familiar enough to where it could be something completely new and interesting, but, you know, still tied to the whole theme of how they're trying to, you know, maintain the whole like retro feel of the, the hotel. Right. Yeah. yeah. And how how campy? Like, I just right. feel like it would be a huge hit. just for the camp value alone. It would be a huge hit. And obviously, so I I can see them needing to move on from Sergeant Preston's, not just because it's kind of ridiculous, and I'm sure it's campy and silly, mm-hmm. but because it was Jack Rather's thing, and we've gone to, uh, you know, it's no longer owned by Disney. Or sorry, it's no longer owned by by Jack Rather. Now it's uh, it's owned by Disney. They move on, and it. Not to a Disney thing by any means. They this must have been kind of more popular <laughs> for that time period, but it turned into the neon cactus. Mm. Yes. yes. So uh, I have uh, some information from the circa 1990s menu. Uh, so this is the neon cactus at Disneyland Hotel. Um, I I would say your typical early 90s type of drinks. You had uh, your appetizers and snacks like your, uh, what is that, Munchie nachos? Munchie nachos? Munchie makes more sense. <laughs> it's, it's a weird font, people. Munchie nachos. Yeah. <laughs> the munchie nachos. Buffalo flautas. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like that's pretty like, buffalo seems pretty exotic that's for, progressive. For, yeah. for that time period. Yeah. And then you had uh, pizza and... <laughs> and then corn pups. <laughs> corn pups. Yeah, that type of stuff, right? Uh, but you go into the drinks. This is like what we were talking about with Lost Bar, these type of drinks, like the lemon drop, the the watermelon. Oh, it's this is what it says on the menu. This is a quick <laughs> shot. This is $4.50, this watermelon. Could you imagine? Oh, so refreshing is what it says. <laughs> 
Uh, Southern Comfort with amaretto, pineapple juice, and grenadine. I think this is actual shot, right? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Le- I love how they have a whole shot menu. Yeah. Le- lemon drop. Giddy up. Just like candy. Yeah. Every, everyone has like a little red hot. Enough said. Snake Vodka bite. with cinnamon, sh- schnapps, <laughs> no. and hot sauce. Oh, oh, God, gross. Sorry, snake bite. Go, continue. Oh, snake bite. Are you ready to bite back? <laughs> wow. Giddy up. Ride them, cowboy. <laughs> and shoot the root. The way root beer was supposed to be. The way. It says D-A. The way. The way. Root beer schnapps with beer. Oh, man. They don't make them like they used to, huh? Oh, my gosh. But even so, like, these drinks are so cheap. The Neon Cactus, which, you know, named for the restaurant itself, six seventy five, and you get to keep a souvenir glass boot. Mm, that's yeah. kind of steep. Midori, of course. Every, everything is yeah, Midori. Yeah, everything's Midori. Midori, amaretto, pineapple juice, and sweet and sour. These drinks are <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> the Coolin' Canteen. Try this chilled concoction of Midori, blue of curacao, sweet and sour, pineapple juice, and lemon lime. Man, this is so unique. Everything's with sweet and sour. The Longhorn Lemonade, bourbon, sweet and sour, and lemon lime soda. Yeah, but maybe that was pretty exotic back then. You know, no one really knew what that green? was. And, <laughs> you know, so I'm just wondering if then they were looking at this menu and thinking like, "Ooh, wow, what's Midori? Let's try this, that." I don't know about one. that. Yeah, <laughs> the sizzling sun has Malibu rum, Midori, orange juice, and pineapple juice. Like that just sounds like straight up what I would have made it. <laughs> Like tw- 22, all my like junky alcohol <laughs> yeah. just like poured it together. And so the neon cactus actually got a lot of uh, gripe or kind of like press, if you will, within the local newspapers. Uh, it, I think it caused for some rift raft, you know, mm. in, in the area. And, you know, you had the young up until a certain point, I think it was all ages uh, there was dance floor etiquette that I'm going to read. Oh my goodness! This on is the back of the menu. Yes. This is gold. <laughs> uh, but keep in mind when this was closing, it was a big deal because this was uh, kind of a local hangout, I think, too, for uh, a lot of the youth of the area. But, oh, the, the 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 line dance and youth. <laughs> yes. So the dance floor etiquette reads on the back of this large menu. Please be aware that couples who are country dancing. For example, two-step or three-step, etc., have the right-of-way on the outside of the dance floor. Freestyle dancers are invited to dance in the center of the dance floor. During group or line dances, for instance, the t- the, the tush push, <laughs> dancers must make room for dancers who know the proper dance steps. Everybody is invited to learn country-western dances during our dance lessons Wednesday through Sunday, 8 to 9 p.m. Those of you who know all know all the right steps please be patient and helpful to all the beginners can you imagine you don't know these dance steps get to the side make room <laughs> make room for these people uh, such it's just so different not something like this would just never exist today at least not in southern california no well, did you know the tush push do you of know course. it of course get up get up and show us please Derek. i feel like oh. you do know it no i don't know it that did not sound believable. I don't believe you. Let's see it. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Okay. What is uh-huh. it? Beth seems to know. I don't... I All I'm assuming is a country line dance. <laughs> I'm assuming you push that tush. Ah. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Yeah. 
also out in this general area, I would say, uh, was the monorail bar. I don't know the exact location. Do you know where this was, Beth? No. I I feel like everything has, like, changed so much and, like, trying to, like, pinpoint exactly where it was. I just can't. I can't quite place it exactly where it was. It is stated that this was located next to the monorail platform. I just don't know if it was, like directly next like, to it like, right on <laughs> right or, under it <laughs> you had to walk a little bit uh sorry for not knowing the exact location but this monorail bar is kind of known for being the spot for a bunch of dads to be able to take the monorail from disneyland and they kind of be dropped off if you will at the disneyland <laughs> hotel and spend their time at the monorail bar and then hop back on the monorail and head back into disneyland because i mean there's nowhere else to get a drink uh, you, you'd get it at the hotel uh, I have a 1970 ad here, which I love the design. It's nothing special, but it's like because the, the monorail bar was like this long oval, if you will. I I, I don't know how a better way to describe it. Kind of like a racetrack, like a long. Yeah, it, it had like it had like the the bar like kind of went down the middle of it, and it kind of the building kind of curved around the bar, the curved Perfect. bar. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the the saying was, catch a cocktail, anything from a sidecar to a caboose. That's what it says on the ad. That is like, what a a line. That's great. And (laughs) it does say on the ad, uh, at the Disneyland Hotel monorail station. So I'm going to go with, it was right there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Man. And, you know, that station's in the same spot as, as it was when it was still next to the monorail bar and the monorail cafe. So I, just, I wish I knew exactly. Back, I was just curious, like, did they always have the monorail cafe or was was the bar in place of the cafe? No, it, it definitely wasn't in the same spot. But the monorail cafe w- was called something else beforehand. Uh, the name escapes me and I feel bad for not knowing it. But th- it was called something before monorail cafe. So the this featured transportation modes around the world and had pent panoramic windows which showed the approaching monorail trains um but throughout there i've only seen truly two photos i can't find any more photos not much of inside out there yeah and they're both promotional photos and it was very cute uh like kind of more of a had a trolley feel right inside Mm -hmm. i would say is the best way to describe it and then you have like the, the transportation, different types of modes of transportation. Yeah, I would have, that would have been a place that I would have loved to go to. It looks like it 100%. just, it looked, it looked cozy and, but still like with the views and, uh, it looked great. It had the right amount of theming. And then like, yeah, to your point about like it being trolley themed, like the whole roof of it had like those ads along the, the border. Yes. Right. Like I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah, absolutely. Would have been a fun place for all of us to go, I think. Oh, yeah. And a, a big, uh, a known drink from that bar was the monorail red drink. Now there's monorail different colored drinks uh, in Florida that are still around. Uh, they're also served at the top of the World Restaurant at the Contemporary Resort. Um, and I think maybe another location you can get these. Uh, but the original recipe calls for uh, this lemon bar mix, which is basically sweet and sour. But here's the original recipe for the monorail red drink it was an ounce and a quarter of tequila three-fourths ounce of galliano three-fourths ounce of grenadine two and a half ounces of lemon bar mix two ounces of pineapple juice and you would shake ingredients with ice strain into a collins glass filled with crushed ice and top it with some maraschino cherries 
So no Midori at all. No Midori. <laughs> but no, still got your, you saw your sweet and sour. Grenadine, too. <laughs> and that pineapple juice was big. Yeah, that, that's how you knew it was tropical. Yeah. That's how you know you're on vacation. If your drink has pineapple juice in it, you are on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm annoyed. I'm looking up, trying to figure out what the original name for the Monorail Cafe was. And everything is like Simpsons that comes up. <laughs> that doesn't help. No. Monorail. Yeah. Monorail. Monorail. <laughs> and then you had the Top of the Park Hotel. Oh, my goodness. Or Top of the Park. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. I'll, I'll make my oh, my goodness sound authentic. Then you had the Top of the Park Bar. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> from <laughs> This was from 1962 to 1989. and lasted quite a long time. This is what is now the e-ticket lounge. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so <laughs> this, is, this is now where uh, if, if you're staying there, you can you have to be staying at the Disneyland Hotel. You can go up there. It's on the top floor of the now Adventure Tower. And this has views of the park. You can watch the fireworks from there. They pump in the music. Uh, the decor and everything is pretty bland now. It's nothing, I would say, nothing special. It's a nice little perk of staying at the Disneyland Hotel. But the top of the park bar or lounge, wow. We, I, I, I guess I haven't done enough research on it. I saw one of these photos. Beth, uh, rightfully oh. so, pointed out the outfits of the, the, I'm not going the, to waitress? Say the waitress yeah. server. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it looked straight out of like a Broadway chorus line. <laughs> like it was, it was like a leotard. It, I, I'm not gonna say it was a Playboy bunny outfit, but it was like the same kind of like the leotard type, like super short. Like maybe they were shorts, but they looked like just like a leotard. And uh, was she wearing a hat? I'm trying to remember. Rock. I remember. Oh, but yeah, be, she, she did kind of look heels. like yeah with heels. It was amazing. Like I wanted, I definitely wanted to be served a drink by her. I can only imagine like how smoke filled this room probably oh my was. God. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure the clientele was not the, did not treat the waitresses the best. But no, but I bet but, there was some classiness that was also happening. Yeah, kind of I'm goes sure. back and forth on the different types of patrons that this hotel would or this that this bar would uh, cater to, right? Yeah. But this but is definitely an elegant place. Sorry, it had the glass elevator. She has up. a top hat. I'm sorry, I had to go back and oh, find thank the you. picture. She has a top hat. Oh, and like a tuxedo jacket. So it's like this tuxedo jacket and like these might might be shorts. i almost positive she has tails on. It's very hard to tell. This picture is dark, but amazing. Yeah, she, amazing. you might as well be asking for a change from your casino chips with her. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. amazing. Uh, but yeah, they had the glass elevator that went up. That just was removed not that long ago. Uh, that's uh, that was on the outside of the Dreams Sierra Adventure Tower, and so that would be t- that would take you up to the top. Uh, fun fact: the Hotel Disneyland letters weren't put up the building until 1963, and then if you've seen the old pictures <laughs> of the original hotel uh, tower, uh, th- it wasn't large enough, and where the where the uh, elevator planning. was, yeah, it was poor planning. Where the elevator was placed, they had to put Hotel Disneyland. 
instead of Disneyland Hotel because there wasn't enough space for those giant neon letters that were up, that used to be on the top of the towers. So Living a lot of people didn't know. What? In the Hotel Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a lovely place. <laughs> so, uh, eventually they would add on to that tower and they could eventually update the letters and the, the word the words now be the Disneyland Hotel on top. I kind of like Hotel Disneyland, though. It I does agree. sound classy. Yeah. Right? Especially the style of resort it is. Right. It feels more like a retro... I don't know how to describe that. You know, it kind of seems more fitting for the type of hotel the mm-hmm. Disneyland Hotel is. And also, uh, the top of the park was kind of a play on words of the San Francisco well-known rooftop bar called the Top of the Mark, um, which is on the top of the Mark Hopkins Hotel. Um, I did not know this until researching, but apparently that's where the top of the park kind of comes from, even though that works perfectly just for the fact that it's... Uh, you know, the top of the Disneyland park and you can see the park. <laughs> see the park. See the park. <laughs> and that basically covers the majority of the restaurants and bars from Disneyland's ho- Disneyland hotels history. There's of course a few more. It's not covering all of them. There was even this a restaurant called the gourmet restaurant. Uh, that was the brand is a chain called gourmet. That was in that same area of where like the monorail cafe was that was just outside of the monorail station which is now in downtown disney and i, I kind of left off we don't need to go too much into it trader sam's we talked about it briefly uh that opened in may 2011 to kind of round out to where we are today with disney hotel so many places that i just wish i could have experienced you know i do everyone I do. Take photos of the interiors of your restaurants and the interior buildings because in like 15 years, we're going to forget what stuff looked like and we're going to want to look back and know what it looked like inside. Yeah. I hope there's not a day, actually, Derek, that we get to a point where we long for the days of the 2021 Disneyland Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I hope it doesn't get so much worse that we're like, remember back when they had... A walkway right. that went over the pool area. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wish dream. we didn't complain so much back then. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when there was a large grassy knoll where you used to have the the waterfalls and that you could kind of sneak onto during the day and walk over to where Fantasy Waters once was that is now <laughs> covered in... A ton of ivy. I mean, it's now torn down because they're building the EBC tower. But that's how it was for a few years. You know, it's it's already happening. Yeah, it's already happening. I want. I just want. Let let's let's go back to like really retro and like really bring in the vintage feelings for the Disneyland Hotel. I feel like it would be so amazing. They need to double down on it because they they did. They're already doing that. They're going the retro style, but they got to double down. Especially with the, I mean, the exterior did not go that route. They went with this, the, the everywhere Contemporary, blue. like, yeah. I mean, I get the it. You don't want to see, like, looking at photos of, of the, the towers before, you can see, like, some window blinds open and some closed, and it was kind of a weird look. I get that, but did it have to be, like, bright blue? Well, I think they did that. To be whimsical? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like they changed it to be that blue to get... 
to avoid people seeing the windows kind of half open, some closed and stuff. Because they could have just tinted it if they wanted to go Yeah, that's route. what I'm saying. They yeah. wanted it to go away with the sky is what the plan was. Just uh, disappear from fail. existence. It's wrong blue. <laughs> Our skies are not that blue in Nanaheim. Well, I think we did a, a fair comparison to like, um, what's the resort at Universal? Cabana Bay? Mm-hmm. That That's a perfect example of the type of theme that the Disneyland Hotel could have gone with, like if they really like doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. And um, you would have felt like you were transported back to a specific time and place. You know? Yeah. I think they can take a lot of notes just from previous... Their, their own past. Mm-hmm. Their own past mm-hmm. of the Disneyland Hotel and kind of bring back some of it, of course, to modern... Standards, yeah, yeah, modern standards and a little modern twist to some things. I mean, they don't, they don't need to be like, oh, we have air conditionings and TV in our rooms, and obviously we're not going to be excited about that. But yeah, <laughs> but make... I would enjoy some red plush carpet back. Yeah, in the bring it space. back. <laughs> Give me or they some. Can just like raise everything and start over. <laughs> I'm not bring opposed. In, I'm not opposed. Bring in the Tokyo Disneyland Hotel. I just, you know what? I'll forgive a lot if they bring me something like Sergeant Preston's uh, again. I'll no, forgive a lot. I'll settle <laughs> for that. Not going to happen. Just won't happen. I wish, but. Something. It doesn't have to be Sergeant Preston's exactly, but. Then the neon cactus. <laughs> it's not the same at all. And then the, the top block. of the park. Get rid of the e ticket lounge. Let anybody go up there. I'll, I'll do a cover. <laughs> I don't have some dueling pianos up there and have a cover charge to get in there. I don't know. Oh, oh I'd be, no, I'd be in. I'd be yeah. down. Give me, I'd love a dueling piano bar. Well, thanks so much for, you know, talking to Disneyland Hotel with me. I think we could definitely do some more episodes on the Disneyland Hotel on kind of specific areas um, within it. But it is a fascinating topic and uh, really allows for you to go down a rabbit hole. But I hope you enjoyed our little discussion on bars and restaurants at the Disneyland Hotel. I say next we do Paradise Pier Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good April Fool's joke. Like, <laughs> like a welcome to our six-part series on the Paradise Pier Hotel. We'll go We're going to start off four. with... What, is it, what was it originally? Not before Pan... I think it was called something even Pan- before Pan-, 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 Pan Pacific. Oh, really? It was before oh. that? Oh. Oh, gosh. Maybe I the Ramada it. No, it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely something, but uh, yeah, I wish I remember what that Monroe Cafe was called. It was, I think, it was just like the coffee shop. That coffee shop is what it was called, I think. Sorry. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> In fact, the Disneyland Hotel's delightful coffee house is just a stone's throw south of the very spot where you're now standing. We also invite you to browse through our many shops and enjoy the beautiful landscaped grounds of the hotel. All right. Well, until our next happy hour, when you aren't able to join us on Off Harbor in Maine, you can find us online. You can always find us on Twitter and Instagram. It's simply at Off Harbor. And our personal handles are also available under the show notes. Also, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at offharborinmaine.com. We do really love hearing from you. And as I mentioned kind of earlier on in the show, uh, we love reviews. Uh, please, if you haven't already, give us a rating. Uh, a review is always great. It can be a one-liner. Uh, it can be two words. I don't care. Give us a review. We appreciate it. Uh, and seriously, thank you all so much for listening. Making memories, sharing dreams, watching time go by. Each enchanted day, your heart will sail away to castles in the sky. On behalf of the birdies, flowers, and tiki's here at Off Harbor in Maine, 
farewell, and aloha to you. We'll see you all next time. Stay well, and cheers! Cheers! cheers. Ready? Yes. Ready, ready as will ever be? Ready as will ever be. Uh, A-O-U-E. And sometimes why? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought about that, too. I was like, <laughs> Can that be the blooper? I mean, E's, Y is kind of in there. E. A-O-U-E. And with it no longer a rather-owned hotel, it kind of just further pushed... For that retro modern modernism, retro modernism, retro modern. Everything sounds wrong to me right now. <laughs> Just leave all this stuff in. Too much espresso, yeah. espresso, egg <laughs> not presso. <laughs> but it is funny. The what? Just a just a just a spit. <laughs> you could do it, a Joel. Position. No, I can't do it. Just a. Juxtaposition? Yeah. Juxt- juxtaposition? Juxtaposition. I, that's I, what I was missing the X. I was like, what, what's not working here? The juxtaposition <laughs> between the two. Yeah. And right next door to the Lost Bar was the Lost Bites. So it was a little... <gasps> bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Is that Justin? <laughs> bless you, Justin. Uh, maybe I just figured it out just out of, like, cross... Or <laughs> illumination or whatever. Or... God, I can't think of any th- sayings tonight. Um, process, yeah, of cra- process of elimination. <laughs> process of elimination. You're saying cross examination and process, and process of, of elimination. And you're mixing them up. I did have some we, we understood. single barrel scotch before my drink today. Oh, okay. It's yeah. all coming out. <laughs> I only went there once and it had some great, like, wood carving, like, not furniture, like wood hanged art <laughs> in there. <laughs> wood hanged? Wood hanged. Whoa. Let's not talk about wood hanged uh, on this podcast. Stay well and cheers. 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 <laughs> See, Beth, you don't have to say cheers because you said. I know, but. But then I felt cheers, like, cheers, but then cheers. I felt like this be, it would just be two guy voices together. <laughs> True. But you, but can cut, edit. you can cut me out if it doesn't, if it sounds weird. No, I'll just edit so we're all three saying it at the same time.